best League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is Off The Ball. It's the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast with Jamie Moore here. Now the Extra.ie FA Cup first round kicks off this weekend with some brilliant games. The pick of the ties involves two of the biggest clubs in Dublin. And it takes place uh, this Friday evening. Dalyman Park, 7.45. It's Bohemians against Shelburne. We're going to be joined by Keith Buckley and Carl Moore in just a second. The draw in full. The game's taking place on Friday. Cove Wanderers against Limerick in St. Comets Park. That's at 7. That Bow Shells game in Dalymount at 7.30. There's actually four games in Dublin uh, this Friday night. Cabin TD against Cork and Stradbrook. It's Derry against Wexford in the Ryan McBride Stadium. Draw to Avondale. Pats against Bray. Glebe North against Sligo Rovers and Shamrock Rovers Finn Harps that's an 8 o'clock kickoff on Sunday St Michael's against Glenglad United that's in Cook Park Crumlin against Malahide in Captain's Road and Crumlin at 6 Cove Ramblers against Dundalk in a repeat of last year's EA Sports Cup semi-finals in Coleman's Park at 7 and long for that loan in the Midlands El Clasico in City Calling Stadium at half 7 and the first round concludes on Sunday it's Luke United against Colester Dunny Carney that's in Selbridge at 11 o'clock Collinstown against Galway and Home Farm in Whitehall at 2 UCD against Letterkenny in the UCD Bowl also at 2 and Manute University Town against Waterford in Rathcoffey Road in Minute. That game is at 3 o'clock. And I love this time of the FAI Cup because you get some great games like Shells against Bows and you get some league teams against non-league teams as well. And I can't wait to be uh, watching the games this weekend. So Keith is in studio. Bucko, how are you, sir? Not too bad. You, Jamie? Great stuff. Thanks for coming in. And Carl Moore's on the phone. Moore's, a break from workhouse things? Yeah, not bad. Thanks for uh, taking the time, the two of you. And Keith is here, of course. Uh, he was speaking this week and today at the launch of the hashtag This Is My Dublin campaign, promoting Dublin City Sports Fest 2019. Sports Fest is a week-long celebration of sport and physical activity from 23 to 29 of September. Everyone encouraged to participate regardless of age, ability or background. More info on dublincity.ie forward slash sportsfest. So Keith, the hashtag is This Is My Dublin. Uh, you're from just down the road from us here in uh, Rings End, type of area on Pear Street. And you were playing football around the flat from a very young age. I was indeed, yeah. That's sort of that's what local people do, normal people do. In from the inner city, from all inner city parts, you know, north side, south side. That's where everyone does when you grow up. And you were back in the flat earlier on today, taking some photos and stuff. I know you still live in the area, but is is it weird to be kind of thinking back to when you played football as a young fella down there? Yeah, it's it's a bit different now. It's an actual turf pitch now. It used to be just tarmac, you know. So it used to be just just the ground, normal ground, but it's an actual turf now, and there's good goals in it all. So it's it's like a top class stadium now compared to what it was. What were those days like as a kid playing on the concrete and, and the young kids with the older kids and really no holds barred, almost like prison rules? Yeah, no, it used to be good. Like with, with Dublin City, that used to be a tournament as well, which involved in Lease Wall, Sheriff Street, um, Rings End, um, Pear Street and stuff. Like, so there used to be teams from each one. Like, so they were tasty affairs, you know. Like you used to play tournaments. One tournament would be in, in, um, in the Pear Street Flats, then one would be over in Sheriff at the Whitehall and so and so. Like, but it was uh, tasty affairs they were. When did you start to realise when you were a kid playing football in town that you were a real, real, you know, person that loved to compete because you still now love to compete on the pitch and what age were you playing in town when you first thought, God, I actually like this? Um, I don't know, I can't really remember exact age that I was um, playing football, you know, but I'm sure he was maybe four or five, you know, I played I played GAA Gaelic until I was 14 with Clannagale as well, you know, I used to be involved in all sports. Here's something I didn't know. And we had uh, Mark Quigley and Stephen Marr in on the podcast a few weeks ago and they're both still involved in Sheriff and they were saying the same thing and Mark was saying some of the people he would have played with but back when he was a kid are either dead or locked up or, or not playing football at all as well and, and you know you've come from an area where, where you know football was so important to young people. Yeah it's good you know and they're only um, <clears throat> recently you've probably seen online the Homeless World Cup um, he, um, he put a played in that but at one time to have a friend now basically Dean Fitzpatrick, like he actually, um, you know, basically it is from people kind of coming back off different paths and using football as a tool to get away from things. And he went over and he was a part of that team, Dean Fitzpatrick. And he was um, 
and they won it, you know, and there's a family friend basically who worked with the FEO through that it was Graham Tugger. He basically runs that as well along with Thomas Morgan and stuff like that. Um and they they um every year go away and stuff and they've done well. They won the one recently enough, you know, and I used to play every Saturday morning the Graham organises games in the flats and I used to always go down and play seven sides after the game Friday night and go down and have a little dust about but um, I can't deal with too much now because we train a lot like so but I'll go down the off season just to keep fit and taking over you know yeah the homeless street leagues on Twitter is the place to see more we actually discussed it on the show the sports show on 98 on Sunday as well an unbelievable achievement for, for the lads to go and do that Morris you're on the line as well you're not an ambassador for the hashtag this is my Dublin but just want to ask yourself um, playing football in Dublin growing up what do you remember about those great days yeah um was lucky enough uh, where I grew up. We had loads of kind of quiet spots. We could go and kick a ball around. So we had a green across the road. We had a skill with gates and we just kind of made the most of what was there. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's all we used to do growing up was kick a ball until uh, the person who owned the ball was uh, hooked in by their man. And then that was it, game over. So. Where in Dublin were you as a kid, Mersey, when you started to play football? I grew up in our town, so um, just in the housing estate there. So we had a... We loved the kind of little cul-de-sacs and um, a little bit of a green area, you know, to play football. And then uh, got involved in the St. Kevin's mini-leagues. They used to run a mini-league for kids who weren't quite ready for under eight and stuff like that. So I think I, I went up there to about four or five and started kicking ball. And, uh, yeah, just kind of went from there. Yeah, it seemed as if, you know, we all felt Dublin was a much safer place to go and play football on the street back in those days as well. And, you know, some kids are still playing football every day, you know, around, around Dublin and around Ireland. Others aren't too, but, you know, I'm sure you have fantastic memories of just heading out. I mean, we had uh, the lads on from Jumpers for Goalposts a few weeks ago and they're a crowd of elder fellas, older fellas who are just, you know, playing football, kicking the ball. And that's something that, you know, we all did and, and all you guys did who are now playing in the league. You were just like any other kid playing football on the road, playing squares, playing curbs, playing heads and volleys, whatever it might be. That's it, yeah. It used to be great. It used to be a gang of us. Um, you know, just used to knock for each other and get us, out, get us out there and get a game of World Cup or heads and volleys or wild call or whatever it was, like, you know, just to keep us busy. Um, you know, until kind of the streetlights came on and your ma was calling you in. But, um, yeah, it was great. And we used to have a, there was 11 or so pitch behind us. And you uh, used to go on, on Saturday, Sunday morning if there was a game on. We used to hang around for half time just to get a shot at the nets for 10 minutes, like, but. Uh, I suppose it's, it's a bit sad you don't really see that anymore like with all the kids playing the computer games you know but hopefully um, the campaign like Booker's getting involved with there hopefully that you know can have a bit of renaissance and, and get the kids out playing ball again Yeah and speaking of playing ball as well we can't wait for Friday 7.45 Bowls against Chelsea in the FAI Cup Carl for you first you're a former Bohemians player as well and, and, and there's so many sides to this game in terms of like Ian Morris the Shells manager was playing for Bowles up to last season scored an unbelievable goal in this competition in the semi-final mm-hmm. against Cork probably you know the best goal scored in the league last season as well there's a number of ex-Bowles players playing for Shells there's some ex-Shells players playing for Bowles we have the story of the ground chair coming up I think Keith himself would have been a, a Shells man growing up so there's so many little stories to this game and when it came out what was your, your first thoughts on, on facing your old team? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we were all at training when the draw was made and, you know, we just all had a chuckle saying, like, I just, you know, it, it had to be that draw, like, you know, but uh, certainly it's the biggest tide around anyway and, you know, it, it, it'd be interesting with so many ex-players and stuff being involved and um, then obviously you have, um, like, historically early noughties and stuff, balls and shells were going out of hammer and tongs at the top of the league for honours and um, obviously with the ground share, the locality, both being from the north side, you know, and, you know, there hasn't been too many ball shells games in recent years, you know, so it'd be a good one to be involved in and, you know, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to it. Keith, your own thoughts on it when you, you heard the draw? Um, 
you know, we were out um, training as gas, and then Derek, Derek wasn't training at the moment. Derek Pendelic at the moment. The next we were from where Blanche is, you know, far it is, and then you could just hear him shouting from. He was we were on the pitch, and you could hear him screaming, "We've got shells! We've got shells!" So he like it just sums up the excitement, you know. And he was like, "Well, definitely gonna make sure we go and have our days." He says, you know. But now it's a uh, it's a great draw, as you said. So many people tied to it in different ways, like, but um. It's going to be tough like, because of how well they've done the league. They had a may, minor slip-up in the weekend, but I think they've got players in the league have won a counter bonus, won the cup, I think killed off maybe have won. If they definitely won leagues, they've got good experience. you know. They, but as I said, it's going to be uh, it's a good game, good tasty affair as well. Like, Yeah, I'm sure, Carl, from Shell's point of view as well, Like I saw you guys playing recently against Wexford and I think you were three up after about 25 minutes. They got a couple of goals back and, and I think and 5-2 in the end. and. Um, you know your squad is full of players who should be playing in the Premier Division and probably will be playing in the Premier Division next season so for you guys when you are coming to the Cup and you are playing another team in the Premier it probably won't feel like ma- like a massive step up given that your squad is full of what I would consider to be Premier Division players Yeah I mean it would be an interesting game um, obviously with, with a lot of players who have that experience um, it would be interesting to kind of see where we're at given you know, how well both are doing this year in the league and um, the competing for the European spots like you know so it'll be a good test for us um, going into the game I'd say we'd be going in as underdogs but um, you know it'd be a good test kind of to see where we are because ideally we do want to play in the Premier Division next year so you know it'd be, it'd be a good asset test kind of see where we're at Yeah you're going in as underdogs Carl but you're going in bar the defeat to Cove which Keith mentioned I think that was your first defeat in something like 12 games 11 wins and a draw too and you've had a really really good defensive record and clearly you know winning games to be at the top of the first division as well and you know that momentum is something that you probably can't put a price on given how well it's gone for you albeit against mainly first division teams it has to be said Yeah I mean um, obviously it's, it's good to, to get on a good run um, we had a, a small blip there the other day like so hopefully you know that's all it is and you know we can take the confidence going into the game and and you know, hopefully we can give a good account of ourselves, um, and and you know, and uh, give balls a good game. Yeah, and I mentioned there's so many expos people in the Shells team, none more so than Ian Morris, the manager, and Dave Henderson, who I think is head of football affairs. I'm not sure of his exact title too, but up until last season, like the last time Bowes were preparing for a cup match in the FAI Cup, Ian Morris would have been playing for Bowes under Keith Long and Trevor Crawley and so on. And you know, it's a very similar Bowes squad as well. So he knows how Keith prepares. He knows, you know, how Bowes, I'm sure, will prepare and maybe how they'll play. Is that a massive advantage? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, like obviously they've, they've got some different personnel in, and um, you know they're, they're with the size of their squad, kind of they're, they're chopping and changing week from week. Um, you know, and it doesn't really matter who comes in. You know, they're doing well, they're getting results, and they're staying up near the top of the league in, in, in the hunt for the European places. So um, you know, things change, football changes, and um, you know there's different personnel there, but it might be a small advantage, kind of to know. Um, like a little bit of inside operation, but, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it, it, we'll just see how it goes. And I suppose, Keith, if things turn the other way, Ian Morris was your teammate last season and for the previous couple of seasons, and now you're playing against him as a Shells manager too, so I'm sure that must be a little strange when you heard that, that he got the Shells job, but he's done so well, and again, Carl said maybe some inside knowledge from, from him to you guys, but the same the other way around a little bit, maybe. Yeah, well, we always knew, we always knew that um, Morrow would eventually go on and there'll be a coach, I'll be a manager, you know, you can just tell by training with him and stuff and how he prepares stuff you know you know we could tell he was eventually going to be a manager or a coach yeah but I've never seen him as a coach and stuff I, don't, I haven't seen the much Shells games or how they play and all like but he might look at us and know think that he knows say like how this person plays their strengths and qualities but at the end of the day it's down that down on that day then you know your personal battles then will win the game like you know 
Yeah, and of course, the last time this team was in the cup, Keita semi-finals and, and the games against Cork, Dean Morris Gold, the famous incident to Dalyman with the Penno and, and you know, so close in FAI Cup final too. Yeah, I don't really like talking about that too much, you know, because of how close we did get. Um, look, we want to obviously just go one step forward and if we can make the final, we can, but we have to just take shells. It's the first round of the cup, like, you know, like we have to get past this first before we think of anything else. You know, it's huge. I can't remember the last time Bows and Shells met in the first round. You know, it's, as you said earlier, it's two, two biggest um, teams in Dublin, as you said, you know, like, and just say, because of how well Shells are doing and all the links, it's it brings a closer kind of um, interest from what outside, I'd say, as well, you know. You have to say Shamrock Rovers and Pat will be uh, offended by that. But yeah, four, two of the four biggest clubs in Dublin, they were your say, words. Too. Yeah. Sorry, my words, apologies. Yeah, we'll play the tape back, but you're, you're very right. Though. I trust you. Um, that game last year, though, the games against Cork and, and you know, how good they were and, and, you know, the taste of how close you could get to the Viva. Will Keith and Trevor use that? Will they mention it? Will they mention the heartbreak of last year in a bid to add any extra mo- any extra motivation mm-hmm. to this year? Yeah, well, I don't know. I will use it myself personally um, to, to try and motivate myself. You know, there's a lot of new faces coming in. We've lost a lot of players. So, a lot of them players now, you go through the starting 11, let's say, you have James and Goal, Finnerty, you have Levinson who's been playing a lot, Danny Mandrew, Luke Slater, and stuff. They they weren't there. So, that's I, I personally will use that as motivation to try and get that one step forward and know how that felt when we got beaten. You know, Um with them lads, they have their own motivation and stuff, and I'm not sure what way Keith and Trevor will look at it, but that's the way I would look at things, you know, because you need to get that one step further. And Carl as well, like, it's amazing to think this, the first division, Shelburne have four league games left, and you're only going into the first round of the cup, which makes, like, no sense to me. And I'm trying to work it out. You guys more than likely won't be in the playoffs if you go up automatically, so your last league game will be in four or five weeks' time. The cup final's not till the first weekend of November. I know that's a long way away yet, but it seems strange to think that you're starting a cup campaign and your league season's like just about over. Yeah, it's, it's a strange kind of layout, but you know, I think the FAI have done that to accommodate the European teams. Um, but I mean, in terms of November, you know, we're, we're looking now further than Friday, to be honest, it'll be a very tough game. So uh, it'd be stupid of us to, to do that. So we're, we're focused on the cup this week and then We'll take the league as it comes as well. But uh, yeah, no, certainly it's strange to be starting at this late. And I mentioned the form as well, Carl, and the 1-0 defeat to Cove on Saturday was, was a surprise to some, certainly. And with the four games left, your next three after the Cup are against Longford, Bray and Drod, who are all trying to chase the playoffs and the top itself. So with this Bowls game, you know, in the middle of an important one in the league, it's certainly a crucial period for Shells. And I'm sure you guys really feel that, given the league isn't, isn't done just yet. And, and, you know, some of the other top teams to play coming up after Bowls. Yeah, no, look, the league isn't done, um, but, you know, it's just down to us to stay focused on what we need to do. So we'll just take each game as it comes. I know it's a cliche, but that's all we can do. Like, you know, um, it's in our hands. So, you know, we just need to look after ourselves and that's it. And Keith, the same for Bowes on the end of a 1-0 yourselves at the weekend. An unbelievable goal for, for Finn Harps. You're still fourth in the league, 46 points, which is a brilliant return and level with Derry, six ahead of Pats with eight games left. So Europe is on the horizon as well as the Cup. Yeah, you know, as you said, like, <clears throat> as the way Carl's talking there, you can't just look beyond this game, you know, like, there's other ways, avenues as well, people can look at, you can get into Europe, like, Shelbourne can win the FA Cup, I'm not sure, they get into Europe then after yeah, that? Yeah, they do, yeah, you know, get just, in, yeah. Like, you can look at other avenues, top three, for someone in that top three wins the Cup 40s and stuff, like, so, you, you just got to look at this game first, but, yeah, European is obviously on the on, on my agenda and the whole team's agenda, and that's what we need to get, that's what we need to be striving for every year now from going on, you know. And I'm right in saying Derek Pender's suspended, so you'll be captain on Friday, is that right? If well, you picked, of course. Yeah, if I'm picked, if I'm fit, because obviously I missed the last game, so um, I don't know what will happen, like, because um, it's 50-50 at the moment, like, but 
Og jeg siger, at planerne var pægt, og vi kapte den for kapten, så der var vi jo ikke, vi tog med kapten, der kunne have vi får af, og jeg bare havde prøvet ham, og jeg tænkte, at jeg kunne kapte den i klub, og jeg var så big as well, så håber jeg, at jeg kan kapte den til at vinde en game, for jeg play, you know? Yeah, I'm going to put the phone on back up for Carter here, because you might laugh at the next bit. Uh, the, one of the first times you captain Bowles was in the UCD Bowl, Keith, and there's a famous photo online of you with nothing on at all, bar the captain's armband, and uh, trying to tell your captain Derek Pender that you're not giving his armband back and you had no clothes on so I'm sure he just left you to it. Well the one thing I think about that is what is Wardy doing taking pictures of me? <laughs> but like that you know Morsi knows Wardy you know what he's like so it wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't yeah. surprise him. But now like um, I, like I was in the showers now and sometimes like you know I forget like even the last time I captained um, against Pats I was getting changed and I just do forget like you know because you're so used to obviously someone else being captain whatever and taking me clothes up and still again i was there in my arm. You just do forget, you know, like because me personally, I'm like I play no matter what. If I'm captain, if I'm on the bench, if I'm coming on, or if I start, I play the exact same way. You know, just because you've an arm band, everyone's got a role, you know. But obviously, that's the way I play, and I just always just focus, thinking just because you've an arm band, you don't play differently. You just play your own game and hope to improve the team, you know. And Morsey, when you uh, saw that photo taken by Keith Ward of Keith Buckley fully in the nip with the captain's armband on, I'm sure you weren't surprised, given that you're a former Bowes man and had been around these type of antics for years. I look great, I'm fairness to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, not surprised. I'm already felt he's a character, all right. And yeah, like, again, there's so many players between these two teams who are mates and stuff, and, and you know, you've shared so many funny experiences and trips away and stuff, and nights out as well as the football too. Like, Carl, to be playing against Keith and vice versa when you've been teammates for so long and there's so many people like that, it's it's a weird one, but a nice one, I'm sure. Ah, yeah, like, you know, my time at Bowes was a great dressing room, some great lads there, and, you know, it, it's a great club and, you know, our shells now, we have a great dressing room as well with some great lads. So, um, you know, obviously the change room and all, um, it's got a bit of crack, but I suppose like, you know, when you're on the pitch, um, you just have to be professional and, you know, friendships aside and just get on with the job at hand and, you know, shake hands after and get on with it. Any stories, Keith, of, uh, of fun with Morsey or others? No, no, but as he said there about friendships aside, whatever, where they are, in the same team or you're training with them I'm sure Morsi knows like when we're training even if you're playing the same team like you know you got to give 100% like and he's probably seeing some arguments and fights and stuff and um, seeing a little argument I had out in Bray didn't you Morsi me and um, yeah. Bisto a little argument yeah, you had because yeah, like yeah. I give everything no matter what I do like and I'm sure they, they're the same you know in training like you know you got what are you training your team you got, you're fighting for a place like so you have to fight, like literally. You gotta, you gotta pour everything in, and that means that two people are coming together and a collision, and it's bad, you know. But at the end of the day, it's for the benefit of the team. That no one's going out to hurt anybody, but you're just giving everything you got, like you know. That's our last two points because I want to let Carl go back to work and keep it off to, to head off to training as well. I mentioned in the introduction about you know what's on the horizon for bows and shells and the ground share and daily amount, and you know we're not exactly sure where it is at the moment with the the land behind the goal with Tesco and and you know there might have to be you know a small redesign of plans and I noticed Carlin talked last week there seems to be a little bit of jobs done in terms of just a little bit of painting and you know simple things to try and improve that ground. But as a former bows player and now a shells one, Carl, what's your thoughts on on this ground share, which I personally hope will happen eventually. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a positive move. Like, you know, obviously Daily Mount being the home of football. Historically in Ireland, you know, it would be great to have it redeveloped and, you know, just pushing forward for the future, you know, modernising the game as a whole. Like, so, you know, it would be, be great to have uh, Daily Mount redeveloped and, and you know, and, and a, a good ground for two very good clubs. And Keith, yourself, do you uh, share with Shells? You were a Shells fan growing up. You used to go to Tolkien. You're so used to now playing in Daily Mount too. And, 
I'm not sure if you know you know exactly where it is on the timeline, but just your thoughts on that eventually happening. And this game, if it was in four or five years' time, it wouldn't be home. It'd be home game for both, should I say? Yeah, that would be <coughs> it'd be interesting. I'm not sure whether it was a there's a home share like like this again before in Ireland. I'm not sure, but it, me personally, if I vote choice, I'd keep Daily Mount and Shelburne separate. They're two separate clubs, two different identities. They bring them together, maybe like better for the area and stuff like that for clubs but I'd rather see Daly on redevelop as solo and then also Shells like you know because the history in both of them things but definitely in Daly Mount the history going back to Orden playing there you know I think but it's a, a good move as I said like Dublin City Council coming in and doing whatever they're doing like but I would prefer both redevelopment Shells redevelopment because two huge clubs and the history through both of them grounds you know that's what are, I would prefer Are you able to see the thought process behind the share and also we can definitely see the point of view of both sets of fans and clubs that you've expressed it very well there that there is so much history and they both want to keep their own but maybe that's just not financially possible yeah I understand from them financial point of views and stuff like um, it will be good you can obviously because you can host other internationals will say there it'll obviously be great if I'm lucky enough to be there when it's done probably be retired or whatever but um, if I'm lucky enough to be there you're playing in a four-seater stadium Um you know, like four stands, all seated, everything. Hope I like. have more than four seats. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if I'm still there, I only have four. But um, <laughs> no, it's good. It'd be good to see, like, the play and that if you get a chance to, you know, like, and be amazing. Obviously, like, you know, um, Rovers, they have an extra stand and it makes it look a little bit more professional, I think. So yeah. it'd be obviously be amazing to see the, in, in four stands. Like. Yeah, and in four or five years' time, Carl, we might have a new League of Ireland too. We might have an All Ireland League and. We've had all these debates in recent weeks about the Noel Quinn group and the Kieran Lucid group and the FAI and the SCR Tracy League and, and more. As again, an experienced League of Ireland player, how closely have you watched those developments and what do you think of, of these ideas and, and where the league might go? Because there's lots of people talking at the moment, including us on all the podcasts and you know, no real assurances as to where it's going to go and if it's going to be a success. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, both... Noel Quinn's proposal, you know, kind of lacks real detail and, you know, kind of just buzzwords and whatever, like, you know, so the proof would be in the pudding, you know, if that comes to the fore, like, kind of seeing how we want to go about things, but um, certainly the lucid one was probably a little bit more interesting, kind of had a little bit more detail, but, um, you know, certainly an interesting proposal, but again, like, you know, once you get into more detail and, you know, kind of the exact facts of it, um, you know, I think I think it could be a good thing, you know, um for the league as a whole, and um, for the island as a whole, and um, make it more competitive. And you know, obviously, with greater investment, you know, it's going to develop the game as well and develop the club. So you know, I'm all for that. Um, and and if it means it's going to get better, like definitely all for it. Morsi, thank you, million. Back to work with you. Good luck on Friday. See you soon. Cheers, take it easy. Thanks, Carl. Cheers. Say goodbye to Buckle, of course. You'll see him on Friday. Or is he, I think he could have hung up. You got, oh, he's gone. <laughs> there you go. He's in the mind games have started. He's hung he's up on you already. <laughs> so, you, Keith, uh, again, you've been around the league so long. The uh, All Island League, would you like to play? You know, the Non Island League, would you like the League of Ireland to stay as a, you know, a league under the FAI or a new league? Or how would you see it? And how have you seen the last few weeks and months? I haven't seen the um, in, in depth. I haven't seen the stuff. I haven't read m- much stuff about it. But whatever benefits the Irish football. If it's going to benefit it in the long run, no problem. You know, like, you obviously don't want something that's not fully going to be there or really pushed. But if it's going to be really pushed and benefits everyone, like, if that's the case, I think maybe some games, because of our to do with um, the North of Ireland, the Irish League, maybe some games may be on Sky Sports. Yeah. Because they they show some games. So that can only um, engage a bit of interest from across the border as well. Like, as you see, like, some people in England watch the GAA on Sky Sports, you know. So. Whatever's benefit for the Irish football, that's that's me. Without my hands, let them deal with it. I just keep playing. And if I'm still there when it's done, happy enough. 
Keep up to thanks a million. No problem, Jay. Yeah, keep speaking at the launch of the hashtag This Is My Dublin campaign promoting Dublin City Sports Fest 2019. Sports Fest is a week-long celebration of sport and physical activity from the 23rd to the 29th of September. Everybody is encouraged to participate regardless of age, ability or background. More information on all the w's.dublincity.ie forward slash sportsfest and we can't wait as well for all the FAI Cup games kicking off on Friday with this cracking game it's Bowes against Shells at Daily Mount at a quarter to eight the best League of Ireland podcast in the business this is Off The Ball